Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Joel Skid. Hello. Rare for you to be here on a Thursday. How are you feeling? Are you liking it? Uh, well, if I hadn't just come back from a stag do well, so it was actually three days ago, but I still feel like shit. <laughs> I wasn't hungover once over the weekend, so it was a crack of the weekend, got back and I've not left my bed. You can't be hungover if you keep drinking. That's true. That was, that was the aim of the game. I see there was a picture of you clutching a football at uh, some kind of lower league jobbery again. Yes, that was Oldham Sheffield United. We, um, uh, myself and Murray and a couple others watched the first forty minutes. Then I, uh, I went to the, uh, went to the toilet, missed the uh, Topi Obadiah scoring, and then uh, went back for we had hospitality for refreshments. Game kicked off the game, didn't go back. <laughs> Just stayed in hospitality. Got a picture of uh, Topi at the end of the game saying that we were Kilmarnock fans. Uh, we asked him what he thought of Gary Locke and he refused to comment <laughs> before he kind of uh, we prodded him and he said, Good um, good coach, as, as, as for a manager, not for me. <laughs> he definitely didn't know that I did a podcast when we were asking him. The world exclusive. Toby Obadai, colon, Gary Locke, not for me. <laughs> but good, good yeah, for you. Yeah, well yeah. He, was, he was making sure there was no, uh, no one was filming or uh, recording, but I can remember, Toby, I can remember, I haven't drank that much. <laughs> Another voice you can hear is Mr. Sean McGuigan. Hello, you alright? Yep. Okay, we've got a lot to get into this show. Uh, to be fair, I think it's peaked already, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but we'll begin with something we're just going to... Slide into the top of the running order here because it has been dominating the news today, which is the quote unquote square go. 
which we all saw from the Hibs against Morton match on Wednesday night, by all intents and purposes, horrendous game, but nobody cares when everybody just starts fighting at the end. The, the lower league, I don't think it's been a, a classic season for lower league tomfoolery, but, so I was delighted to see that last night, it's one of the highlights of my season, and my only regret was that uh, Jim Duffy wasn't allowed to smash in what remains of Neil Lennon's teeth. <laughs> There is, again, it's one of those things where you watch it and rather than do five things we learn from, you could do ten, <laughs> ten things we learn from this video because there was so much going on. Like, uh, obviously, Duncan uh, WhatsApped us earlier on saying that, uh, look at the, the gif I retweeted and what we meant to be looking for Marvin Bartley. And he's gently holding about five people and he's pushing them back <laughs> as if he's some sort of rhino. <laughs> there was also... This is a good photo where everybody's got, got their faces contorted and they're just raging. There's just this one guy at the far left-hand side. He's just, like, completely deadpan <laughs> face. He looks like... I don't know who he is. He's, like, an older guy. So he must be, like, an official or something. And there's... I mean, there's just there's so much to unpack for the entire thing. It's beautiful when you get a moment like that. There, I don't know if you saw the video of the, the Brazilian game where... Something out of nothing. This is this was genuinely something genuinely happened, but something out of nothing happened towards the end of the game, and it ended in um, fans from both sides coming on the pitch, kicking um, two shits out of each other, and uh, the police having to come onto the field and fire kind of grenades at them, uh, smoke grenades while they kind of ran for <laughs> ran for safety. That would have been a nice addition towards the end of the the, the video, but I really liked the the, the aggressiveness. It was actually a proper. Uh, a, a proper strum, not a strumash, a proper. What's, what's the word? Kerfuffle. Yeah, we'll go for that one. I liked. I like Jim Duffy saying. I think he was asked afterwards about punches being swung, and Jim Duffy said, "If I'd swung a punch, you'd know about it." <laughs> <laughs> That's always a classic line. So he killed somebody. It was so hard, even the journalists would feel it. You I think see it, the I other think, guy. I think he would have won. Lennon against Duffy. Yes. Well, he's taller. So, as somebody pointed out in Pine Buffalo, he looks like Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> Which we should possibly also take into consideration. Is this Lennon not got he, a bit of a kind of scrappy quality though, or is he just all, all He top? does look like Robocop, who's just been left out to rust. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow gain weight. <laughs> Lennon, I think he portrays himself as a hard man, but I actually don't think he is a hard man. All bark, no bite. He's, yeah. oh, that is fluff and bluster. <laughs> yeah. Duffy would win. Duffy for me. It was it was good that he went and tr- he, he tried to go for a couple of people, but once Duffy uh, got dragged away, he went for someone else. And he conveniently tried to go through Darren McGregor to get this person. That, oh, who's, who's the biggest person who'll stop me doing anything bad? I'll just pretend to try and get around Darren McGregor. But you shouldn't take away from, is it uh, Kudos or Oyunonga? Yes. Um, yes. Two bits of uh, fantastic play. He, he just about killed. Is it Jordan? I thought it was David Gray, but it's Jordan Jordan first. I know why, because he's got a beard and a bald yeah. head. <laughs> um, he just about killed him. Fair enough. You're going to get your suspension. But the way he dropped to the uh, dropped to the deck after um, being nutted by uh, Dan McGregor, uh, I think he should get his um, suspension kind of revoked for that. I've heard a couple people say it wasn't a red card for the challenge. It's ridiculous. It's a red card all day long. 
Uh, oh, you know, because yeah. Taco was uh, poor, and I think it was like the, I didn't think it necessarily deserved the it reaction. It didn't deserve the reaction of like, no. Yeah. I can only presume it was because it happened. It happened right in front of him. It like provoked right. such a response. If it happened the other end of the park, he maybe wouldn't have been that so, that bothered about it. It was a red card, because just because of the force, the force of the challenge. Mm. Especially the, the area of the park it happens where as well comes into the referee's thinking. If you make a challenge like that on the touchline, especially when it's like been such a shit game and it just comes completely out of the blue, then that is excessive force. That's pretty much a, a carbon copy example of what institutes excessive force. He's just I've seen some people on Twitter overreacting incredibly. One boy said no, one boy said he went in two footed after he'd already kicked the ball. It's like, no, that's just assault. <laughs> he would literally be arrested. <laughs> um, I did enjoy a tweet, uh, so I can't remember who it, was, who it was from, but someone retweeted it, so it came on my uh, timeline, was, uh, it was like, uh, kind of imagining the, the, the reporter of the game with some phone at his desk, he's like, sure you want uh, as many words on this piece of shit? Uh, oh, hold on, there's a scuffle breaking out. Oh, I'll phone you back, it's all kicking off. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was brilliant. So... We go from there to mm-hmm. even dizzier heights of entertainment. League Two. Sean, we're going to do a tribute to League Two, which I think means me and Joe are just going to sit here while you talk for a few I was minutes. actually going to turn on the light and get my water while you were talking. League, league Two, we should have a tribute to League Two. A, because it's Scotland's Rajas League, uh, <laughs> and, and almost always is. And as much as uh, Hearts versus Celtic will be the biggest game in Scotland this weekend, uh, that is this weekend, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Sunday. Yep. I, I was worried that I'd got that mixed up. I don't think it's the most important game in Scotland this weekend. I think Cowdenbeath versus Clyde is the most important game in Scotland this weekend, based on the fact that it's arguably one of the biggest games in both clubs' history. Because I think either uh, I think Clyde and Cowdenbeath would struggle to beat uh, whether it's East Kilbride or Cove Rangers in the playoffs. I think whoever finishes bottom will get will get relegated. I know that there's always this. I think both sets of fans are concerned that if they do go down to the uh, the Lowland League, that could push them out of existence. However, if you take the example of East Stirling, they've been excellent this season. Uh, I know they tweeted, it must have been about two months ago, they tweeted that they just scored their 100th goal of the season. Uh, I mean, they're scoring like seven, eight, nine every week. They're still finishing second. But <laughs> but I think the I think getting relegated... They did not struggle early in the campaign. I feel, I feel I looked at the league like yeah, in September, October. Great. They must be set. I'm sure was it they're second. They're a good bit behind these Kilbride, but they're, they're annihilating teams most weeks. So I don't think it's quite the... I mean, as much as it would be, be terrible for either club involved, I don't think it would be the death sentence that some you people are painting it. amount of uh, parachute payment for that level uh, for the one season. I think it's 40 grand. Um, which basically because I was, I was talking to someone basically gives you uh, a year to get promoted you're right actually yeah he's still in Shara second and, and scored about 312 goals uh, in the league it's just 91 oh, well. it must, 100 must be all competitions and because uh, they're probably involved in about 7 cups <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Cowdenbeath versus Clyde. <laughs> but they're including training as well, like the <laughs> uh, I think it was a, sort of like a sliding doors moment uh, for Cowdenbeath on Saturday. 0-0 uh, against Annan. They're awarded a penalty and Fraser Mullen is running up to uh, take it. Meanwhile, at the same time, uh, Clyde are pissing away a two-goal lead against Stern Albion. Uh, Fraser Mullen, I don't know if you've seen it, Fraser Mullen fell on his bum as he was taking the penalty. Uh, so he kind of shanked his penalty. The keeper was still forced to make a save. Fraser Mullen is one of these penalty takers who has a reputation as a penalty taker, despite but, never being good at taking penalties. 
I, I now think he just has a reputation for falling over while taking them. <laughs> the only thing you could say, I mean, four points. I mean, it, it ended up they, they missed that penalty. Anna went up the park. Uh, Anna won one 0 That left them four points behind Clyde. I mean, it's a lot to do over six games. Uh, but they play Clyde again this week. The only thing you can say in Cowden B's favour is that in uh, five games since uh, since Liam Fox left, uh, they've won two, uh, lost two, drawn one. But in, even in the games that they've lost, they're creating chances, which they've never done before. I watched the highlights against Berwick. They were excellent. It was 3-1. It could have been more. Uh, they were really good against Clyde when they, they beat them. Uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago. You look at Clyde's form. Uh, Barry Ferguson's been away for seven games. They've picked up as many points since he left as he did in the seven games, his last seven games. There doesn't seem to have been an improvement at all with Clyde. So I don't think all is lost for Cowdenbeath, but I know, uh, I think Craig Cairns is reporting that on it. Uh, yeah, and he also said that a friend of his who's a Clyde fan was saying, and he, he's not one to exaggerate and say this kind of thing lightly, but he does say it looks like the players have given up. I mean, I've read this theory uh, on Pine Bill. There was a few fans saying things like, well, none of them's going to be here next season, so why are they going to be bothering their arse, particularly if they get relegated? It's not something you want in your CV, but I mean, I, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Whether that's uh, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, there was no highlights of the Clyde Sullen Albion game. Uh, Shape bags. I, I did see uh, potentially it didn't put it up because it was so embarrassing, but I, I really wanted to see it. Uh, so that's really disappointing. I wanted to see it as well because I was putting a Sterling player on my team of the week and I wanted to make sure exactly where he was playing. So I wanted to watch the highlights and figure it out. Just reading through Clyde and Sullen Albion forms for a bit earlier, trying to figure out where Darren Smith plays. Clyde's, uh, Clyde's running is easier though I know Cowdenbeath have uh, I think their last three games is against three of the current top four so Cowdenbeath's running does look uh, a bit bleaker so I think even a draw I would suspect that that would probably keep Clyde up uh, this season and if you're playing three of the top four as well who's the I'm sure they've got to play uh, Elgin, Arbroath and I think their last game's against Forfa something along those lines albeit that's uh, the three Probably with stuff to play for as well because well Elgin should be safe but with Sterling and Albion's recent one Sterling and Albion have won six games on the bounce so they're only five points behind Elgin now so they'll potentially have something to play for and the top two are both going for the title there's only a point difference between them although although Forfars can't win at all won in seven games Forfars season is going top of the table Forfars Forfars season is going straight down the toilet <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the next team we could have talked about is Edinburgh City uh, bear in mind how their season started They didn't win any of the first 11 games uh, I think Gary Jardin picked up like two points or something right? I think Jardin's done an excellent job there He probably started He's maybe showed a bit too much loyalty To the team that got promoted last season They seem to start the season with a squad That just wasn't good enough Even for uh, League 2 level uh, But he reacted to that And he brought in players after the season started And I know guys like Craig Beatty And you know even Derek Ryden Who's come in recently probably get the most amount of headlines they don't actually deserve the most amount of headlines it's guys like uh, Joe and Boo or even guys uh, you know Josh Walker was brought in in January yeah, Mark uh, Laird I think Mark he's Laird. injured now but yeah I mean he came in in September uh, and you know Dougie Gare who scored a couple of goals at the weekend as well it's guys like that that have probably been uh, uh, the kind of spine of the team that, that's that, that's kept them going this season they now look safe and when you put in the perspective so you look at all the teams that have come up in the last uh I don't know a dozen years or so I, I'm not sure I mean Annan Athletic generally do okay most seasons Elgin are normally at the top of that league uh, Peter Head are in the third tier your most ridiculous examples would be Ross County and Inverness so generally new teams do do okay uh, Elgin's first season in the league they only got 22 points Edinburgh City are already sitting on 33 this season so in terms of uh, when you compare them to other new teams that have come into the league they've done really well I suppose it now depends on how they build 
Last season they, they started at a very low base It wasn't good enough They now seem to have a team in place That could probably challenge for the mid-table They're moving to Ainsley Park as well For the next three seasons They are, which would be no bad thing Because Meadowbank is bleak And yeah. I'm, I'm moving to near Across the road for Ainsley Park For at least the next three seasons probably <laughs> uh, So considering how shite hearts are You know, I might just adopt a new team A new local team, perfect Perfect, and then and at least you know they're going to be in League Two next season. I made uh, not a big song and dance. Oh, they're at Meadow Meadow Bank. I'll, I'll get to a few games this season. Uh, I've been to one uh, left before the full time whistle because uh, it was it was winter. It was against County Beef, and there was a pub just across the road, <laughs> Ainsley Park. Who wants to go there? Uh, it's actually, just out in the middle there. There's nothing around it. In terms of for a football away day, nothing really, nothing nothing around it, and it's Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> I just always, always like to. I like the fact you're. Dedicated. I like the fact you're criticising the area that Craig Fowler's moving in. Oh, uh, nice area to, but not a nice area to watch football. Got you. Uh, uh, but, I don't think there's any pubs. Uh, there's one near the um, whatever the the big offices are. Uh, one that's opened in the last eighteen months. But other than that, it's you've got the, the decent wee uh, social club you can get. You can get um, refreshments in. All right, cool. Mm. Might head along that. Good. Uh, oh, but yeah, if it's, if, well. <laughs> if it's on your doorstep, then bang. <laughs> I think you're just talking from personal experience and you're coming in for Haddington. Yeah, I think about four buses. It just make it to you, personally, <laughs> but to other people it might be fine. <laughs> it, it definitely will be okay for other people, but I'm a selfish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Berwick Rangers are probably the team that has the least amount of interesting things going for them this season but even they had something a wee bit interesting and it was quite unusual that John uh, Coughlin actually offered his resignation and they turned it down after they lost to Hoyek Royal Albert it was Hoyek I believe they lost to 3-2 in the Scottish Cup well, in the, I think it was 50 years 50 years after defeating Rangers in the Scottish Cup they one of their best ever results no the best result obviously uh, they then had one of their worst uh, just to celebrate the 50th anniversary <laughs> by losing to Hoyek so he offered his resignation and at the time they were doing pretty well in the league uh, so they refused to turn them down uh, I think he then lost about his next five or six so they ended the season bottom of the league uh, he seems to have turned that round uh, they're now safe uh, perfectly mid-table it'll be interesting to see if they keep him on at the end of the season uh, funnily enough Coughlin just bounces around Lower divisions, doesn't he? Ah, but he seems to have a, a bit of an affiliation to there, but I know he's. Uh, I was speaking to somebody that, that, that's actually uh, plays for Berwick, and there's a, a mixed opinion on him uh, because he's extremely old school, which yeah. I think some of the players react quite well to, and some others just have no time for. He's a very bouncy character as well. Uh, on uh, sidelines, just he's quite large. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you meant it was like just like a kind of jack in the box. No, no, it was more kind of the Michelin man. Uh, Fat in the box. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's, he's quite temp- tempestuous yes. on the sideline. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's shy about coming forward. We then have uh, we're talking about a, a manager who the club didn't want to get rid of. The next two clubs in that league are Montrose and Southern Albion. Both have kind of had similar tangents this season. Both struggling. Both look like, I mean, at one point there was about six teams that were in the relegation fight uh, in that league. Uh, both got with their managers. Hegarty uh, was Montrose and uh, McLaren was a still an Albion manager. Both have done particularly well. I mean, Montrose are quite fortunate in that due to their location, they've got good links with uh, Dundee, Dundee United, even uh, Aberdeen. So they normally do quite well in the, the loan market. I know one of the criticisms of Hegarty was that he would bring these loan players in 
and then not play any of them. They're, they're, they're quite an old squad and they generally rely on these experienced players, even though these experienced players weren't getting any results. Uh, whereas Stuart Petrie seems to be quite happy to play a lot of younger players. I noticed one of their games recently, they had a, I think a starting age, average age is 24, it just wouldn't have happened under Hegarty. So again, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they two do next season. Uh, Dave McKay's kind of done wonders at Stirling Albion. Uh, a huge kind of turnover of players in January. And even guys like Fraser Wright, who... Uh, actually didn't look like he could walk <laughs> at the, during these last few games at Dumbarton never mind run uh, but he's come in and done perfectly well uh, for Stirling Albion saved him and bizarrely I mean Montrose have went from looking like they may get relegated I think they're now just six points outside the playoffs Stirling Albion are only five I wouldn't expect either I think Elgin I mean Elgin have a far better squad but Elgin are just a weird team that either uh, hammer opponents or get annihilated themselves after that you've got Annan again a team who looked like they were going to be the, the dictionary definition of mediocrity they're now just seven points off of Forfar they also have Arbroath to play they've got Forfar to play and then their other four games look quite favourable if Forfar's form is to continue which it might do I would expect Annan to catch them up uh, and Arbroath had a wee hiccup at the weekend against Montrose uh, so I would, I would make Arbroath favourites but I wouldn't say it was completely beyond the realms of possibility uh, that Annan could catch up with them they were the better team though Arbroath <clears throat> who, who are the better team? No, they were the better team Sorry, I meant to say Yes, absolutely I mean, Arbroath have been The thing about Forfar is People are saying that Forfar's recent form Has completely deteriorated They've won 16 games this season Bear in mind they won their first 7 So they've only won 9 of their next 23 <laughs> So actually I mean, outward the first 2 months of the season I mean, they were particularly good August, September They were particularly good I think it was November, December Other than that, mm. they've generally been poor uh, and unless they can have another particularly good patch over the next six games, the next they have, uh, I think they've got Stirling Albion this Saturday, and then the week after is against Ardbroath. Uh, but I, I can see them being deposed on the top of the table. I mean, there is literally, if you go and Pine Buffalo, there is nobody has anything positive to say on the four for threads about Gary Boland, and yet they're a point clear at the top of the table. But, <laughs> but they just go, it's bizarre, they're a bizarre team. That I, I think he overthinks things when uh, he has one or two bad results. He will change his best centre-half partnership Or he'll change his best strike partnership He seems to completely overthink things And rather than just tinker with a team He'll make huge sweeping changes That aren't really necessary Right, I think it's about time we moved on to Could I just add one thing to the No Okay What is it? Do you remember a player called Scott Gear? I think he played for It was either Serious Muir or Clyde It's got nothing to do with League 2 I just wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> Clyde are linked to Yeah, but there wasn't at the time. Um, I'm sure he played for Steny and or played at Clyde, and uh, this it was a good few years ago. If um, I just want to see if anyone has footage of this defensive performance, it is the worst I have ever seen, and that says something for uh, lower league Scottish football. I think he scored an own goal and conceded a penalty in the first half. I'll try and dig out. It's Scott Gear. I'm sure his name is, and if we can find the footage, it is priceless. You can see why Joel doesn't come with the lower league shows. He just <laughs> offers up completely random players from, from time, from years gone by. Yes. Right. Yeah, nothing we, to add. We had an email. And we don't get a lot of emails. Uh, so, that's good. Um, but I quite liked the, the thoughts. I thought we'd discuss it on the show. And consider that someone's taking the time to actually interact with us. That's, um, I thought we'd give them the, the time of day. It comes from Gabriel McKeown. And he asks, um, after having heard your kind of 
sorry, after having held, you can't, quote unquote, you can't create that sort of pressure and training in regard to penalties. What if, as a halftime entertainment, five youth players take on five punters in a penalty shootout? Uh, the pressure on this being the fear of completely ridded by a group of punters. Uh, and with the system, <clears throat> you'd have to create a bit of pressure that, that obviously can't be recreated in training. And a good bit of entertainment for the whole stadium. Wondered what you guys thought. Personally, I love this idea. Initially, I thought, what are you emailing us for? <laughs> emailing into us for? Have you got anything better to do? But I'm going to talk about it more. <laughs> oh, says the guys uh, sitting around the table talking about Scottish football. Um, but I'm going to talk about it more. I totally agree. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it would be brilliant. Sean? Uh, actually, I was thinking if you were, even if you were to get, if you were to get the English national, never mind youth players, if you were to do this in an England international game uh, and got five players for that current team, they would probably lose to like five, five dough balls for Sunderland picked for the crowd. <laughs> That'd be great. I think also because um, it'd be good to boo your own players more. Uh, to, to help create that, uh, yeah, but yeah. you could actually, um, they, they might be thinking, oh, they're just jokingly do it. But no, no. We as fans, Scottish football fans, are actually booing you. But you see all these like ideas, like that, that, that clubs come up with for the halftime entertainment, and mm. when they bring fans out, it's always really kind of weird stuff. Like hit the flag, win a bag was one for the Tyne Castle, and there's all these other things like run for the halfway line. Or the one there was one at Easter Road, I'm sure it was, where you if you, you hit it from the, the the halfway line, and you had to get in the boot of the car, and you like you win the car, but. There's no one good at, if, the, if there's someone good enough in the crowd to be able to do that, they'd be on the pitch. <laughs> I, I actually went on a I actually went on a forum. Uh, I just googled it, different uh, types of halftime activity, and this was when I once a discussion on a St. Johnson forum, and uh, this was the first comment or the first reply, and it was and this probably sums up the apathy when it comes to football fans and uh, forms <laughs> of halftime entertainment, and it says uh, the only halftime activity I'm interested in is going for a piss. <laughs> But it is, it's hard to think up. I think the only time you come up with something that's really enjoyable is if it involves kids playing football in the park and it's really just them that are interested in that. I mean, what... what... I think people would be interested <clears throat> in this idea, though, because it's, it's easy enough. It's a penalty shooter. Everybody's already familiar with the kind of... I know there's not drama because it doesn't really matter, but everybody's kind of familiar with the usual drama in a penalty shooter. And the fact that you have supporters against employees of the club, like players of the club, that kind of gives it a little bit of interest. And also... If you open it up to all season ticket holders and anybody could get their name drawn and could be emailed before you might turn up, that's another thing to have interest in it as well. You do that every week. Maybe a bit where people have to enter where they pay a pound or something, you can get mm. some extra cash in the club. Alternatively, five for the away fans. Yeah. <laughs> I even that. Because, I mean, the, yeah, the, the kids playing in the middle of the park, oh, it's, it's rubbish. You're like, this is, uh, this is the future of our football and what am I watching you? <laughs> and then they get a big round of applause around the, around the stadium. Uh, uh, and I mean, I know certainly, certainly it would, that idea would be better than uh, what we do at Starts Park currently, where they interview a former player. However, the PA system doesn't <laughs> work. PA system doesn't work. So uh, for the entire duration of the interview, all you hear is feedback. <laughs> so the latest one was Hamish McAlpine came down and he said, uh, "Great to have you here, Hamish. Had a good career at, at Starts Park." Can you tell me one of your favourite moments? And he went, oh, I'll never forget the time where... <laughs> and that was it. That was his story. <laughs> and this happens every home game. 
fair, your dislike of the PA system and PA announcer <laughs> is my favourite thing when I go to Starks Park. I do actually enjoy the half-time entertainment the most. I just, just, just via your reaction. I just I cringe so much. Uh, just fix the PA system. <laughs> <laughs> or don't do interviews. Okay, what do you think uh, when Hearts uh, Hearts have stood uh, quite often uh, at Time Castle is they get kind of legends and uh, I use the term legends in the but they try to do it every week fair enough when you have an, ele- an actual legend bring out and do it because Hearts can do it sometimes <clears> pretty <throat> well for, for big games maybe a game against Hibs whatsoever in the past you've had like Mark De Vries you've had Wayne Forster no no I mean they do um, Hibs and Hearts uh, legends they, they take penalties in each other oh right 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 yeah, uh, yeah but the, the last thing that happened I think there was like there was like three players involved and they had to get someone from the crowd uh, to and, play going and goals. that's already kind of boring already anyway yeah. because we know that these legends teams play together it's like 11 a side so that, that novelty's already worn off and if every team get involved you do a league table yeah well yeah maybe but even then just get a punter punters yeah. against kids yeah. the only time I've seen a half time show where it appeared that every single person was uh, thoroughly enjoying it was that time Rangers got a thousand pissed up squiddies on the park and then they sung uh, bigoted tunes <laughs> <laughs> everybody seemed to love that <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the small band of Stenhousemere fans that were also in attendance. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <I'm pretty laughs> uh, I don't know who Celtic would have. Let's not go down that road, actually. Let's, let's forget about that. I'm, I'm trying to keep my mouth shut as, 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 as firmly as possible. Okay, thank you very much for the email, uh, Gabriel. And you have similar uh, ideas you'd like to put to us to discuss uh, our ridicule or whatever then uh, yeah please get in touch show at terracepodcast.net good emailing thank you anyway on to the main crux on to the main crux of the show top 12 we're now on to our centre midfielders (laughs) now Sean is here (laughs) probably noticed Sean doesn't know a whole lot about the top flight he he is a lower league man I thought he could have had a, had a go anyway, but never mind. Um, so while me and Joe give our top 12 list, Sean is also going to give his, but it is lower league exclusive. Yes, and I've, I think I've graded it slightly different for you. You definitely have. Yes. So as you're maybe aware of it, when we do our top 12s, we kind of do it, who's the best player right now? So it's not just current form, it's more about taking into account that in this season or in this run of games, a player might play better than he ever has before. So if somebody comes out of the blue, plays well, has been crapped in a couple of years, chances are he's not going to be number one on our list. Similarly, if a player is good and then is a bit poor one season, he might not drop out the top 12, had he been previously in our top three or whatever. So that's the kind of thinking. We take it account maybe two or three years. At least I try to. I know Joel doesn't really. But he's <laughs> just nodding his head. <laughs> I, so I, Sean, how, how have you worked yours out? Well, but it was harder for me because it's three different leagues And it's obviously a lot easier to play well against Montrose Than it is to play against Dundee United that's, yeah. No, that's a bad example Because <laughs> it's quite easy to play against Dundee United but, uh, but the point still stands So I've tried to get players who have played particularly well this season In comparison to how they've performed other seasons Right, okay Across the leagues in fairness, I never told you to, that you had to do it for all three leagues. And let's face it, that's no hard and fast rules here. <laughs> that's probably no, a fair sure. Just a bit of fun. Right, so what we'll do is, well, I think we'll go through them each stages like we always do on, on these lists, but... 
What? I was laughing. So me, me and Joel do ours first, mm-hmm. and then you can come in with your 12 to 10, 9 to 7, uh-huh. 6 to... So we'll yep. just break it down like that. Ah, uh, that's fine. So we're not just doing our one, and then leaving you with a huge... No, no. You reading out a list at the end. Yep, bro. Cool. Everybody's on the same track. Right. Joel, where have you got 12 to 10? Uh, let me work this because I forgot about um, John McGinn, so I had to be a bit of remote um, remodeling. So at eleven, at twelve, I've got I wrote McGinn in brackets and put arrow. Um, at number twelve, I've got Gary Dicker. I don't have him. He, he probably fifteenth or something. Okay. At number eleven, I've got Ryan Edwards. Don't have him. Not, not even. In my top 25. Oh. This is quite hard. There are a lot of good centre midfielders. And remarkably, my second part of this, like, <laughs> after lost a minute, number nine, uh, number 10, sorry. Osmond, Osmond was in my list, and then there was another player I remembered who I had to slot in, so he dropped out. Uh, so, right, give me your reasons for uh, for those couple of them. <clears throat> First of all, give me Red Edwards, because that's a bit of a... That is that is a bit of... Uh, because field. He, he doesn't... Um, I was reading your most improved players, like, last, last season... <clears throat> he was he was very much um, when he played he did look not out of his depth but um, not not, not quite, very good not quite with it in terms of what was uh, what was required of him. You, you, I think you mentioned Tedless Chicken yeah, and that was understandable. This season, I have he doesn't put up the numbers that other centre midfielders do in terms of uh, assists and goals, but I think he has. Proved himself as a versatile and flexible player in Partick Thistle's midfield. He can play as a number eight. He can play. Um, he could probably play as, as a part of a two in a four-two-three-one in the base midfield. He can play as a, a, a number ten. But I think his best is as a kind of like a shuttling midfielder um, who uses his, his energy to link link play. And he's more. I, I think that's that's helped with the fluidity of uh, Partick Thistle's uh, Thistle's team. I think he's a decent player, but for me, he doesn't really have what you would maybe define as match-winning qualities. So that's why I didn't really get anywhere near my list. Who else was your? Who was your other two? Decker was twelve. Decker, I thought of. Like I said, he's probably about fifteenth. He's had a really good season after a pretty well, pretty poor start. It wasn't very good the first couple of months. Uh, I've noticed him quite a lot. He has a problem tracking defenders. Uh, sorry, tracking midfielders. Into the box, and his job is in like the most sitting, most defensive midfield in the party. So, so sorry, all over the shop here. Ah, his job is a kind of sitting midfielder is to track the runs, and he was having a real problem doing it at the start of the season. But I think he's improved. His passing's improved. He, he's looked good when he's gone to centre half. He's probably the leader of that unit as well. Maybe he's certainly the most experienced, but just not quite enough for me for a top twelve spot. I think if you took him out of Kamarik's team, they would struggle big time. I think he's he's he's. That, I mean, I think that's that, fair. He's 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 that important. That's why I, I wanted to try and get people that are important because I could have generally one to eight or nine just been Celtic and Aberdeen. But I tried to steer away from two or three of them just to make it a bit more. Diverse. I don't the same. I just don't have the 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 individuals. Who's your other one? Abdul Osman. He's similar to uh, Gary Dicker in that he gives, he offers uh, midfield a lot of physicality, and um, he is a very intelligent. <coughs> he's, a, he's, he's a pretty intelligent midfielder. He has uh, strength, and he gives. I think every midfield in Scotland needs a bit of uh, robustness. And I think if you're talking as well, 
as I previously mentioned, players who have done it over a consistent time period. Yeah. And Osman's just been the same since he came into the league. This is now he's approaching the end of his third season, and he's been really good on all three of them. He's just, I think that maybe the reason he slipped off of my list. Like I say, I had him originally, but unlike everybody else, he is just a centre midfielder, really. I think I'm, I'm going to come up with a few players who can do maybe different things, and for me, Osman is exclusively a guy who sits in front of the defence. To be fair, he has been shown a bit recently. Uh, because at times Thistle have gone with that 3-4-3 system where it's him and Barton in the centre and they have to get up and down and he's shown that he does have a bit more dynamism than I previously thought. But it's not his natural comfort. He's at his best when he's screening in front of the back four and bodying people left, right and centre. My 12-10 is Greg Tanzi, Inverness slash Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Don't have him. Ali Crawford. Don't have him. And Arnold June. I have him sort of higher. Okay. Tanzi, he's not had a great season, so I can see why you, you've. He's not had a great 18 months, to be fair. No. Although I think he is getting back to it the last couple of months. I think him. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say more. I was. Uh, call me um, naive, but I would say it was more to do with the fact that when Inverness really looked like they were in trouble, Rush he kinda, him and Draper both kind of stepped up and became yeah. talisman again. But also, Rush Draper dropped back. I also team. helped that they were teamed put back together again as a yeah. duo and stop pissing around with Ian Vigers as a deep-lying playmaker, the guy who can't defend at all. I think, ta- yeah, Tanzi Richie was... Foran. <laughs> Tanzi was about 14th on my list. The thing what I like about Tanzi, maybe why I put some ahead of guys like Osman, is that Tanzi is a sitting midfielder, but he can do a bit more further forward as well. He's got a really good shot on him, he's got a great range of passing, and he can just kind of influence play a bit more mm. in the final third. Crawford, he's not been the best midfielder at Hamilton this season. But if you just look over his, his career with Hamilton in the top flight... That's a damn... That's a damn... Uh, well, Danny McGinnis has been maybe undoubtedly Hamilton's player of the year this year. So he's had a really good season. I wasn't quite ready to put him in amongst his crowd because well, he's had one Grant, good season. Grant, Grant Gillespie got him there, no? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't quoted in the top 25. <laughs> no. But Crawford's on the list because Crawford can win <clears> the games. And that for, me just, that for me just, you know... Deserves more respect than someone like McKinnon, who fair plays play well this season, but he's more about he's more a battler. He's more somebody who's going to stop the opposition. You need a player to win your games. Crawford is an excellent goal scorer midfielder. We've talked about him how important he is to Hamilton when he goes on good runs. Hamilton win games mm-hmm. when, he, when he's poor. Hamilton up on it. He's very inconsistent, but he is a terrific terrific shot. I did I did notice one of the stats guy on uh, stats stats guys on Twitter. I think it was the SPFL radar talked about Ali Crawford's the number of shots he has and basically uh, he looked at the status and as if if Crawford is uh, if Abel are going to survive it's going to be through Ali Crawford so that's why his form's not been that great but no, that's, that's why that's why, why I include him and Jim well you can probably get to him when cool. when you discuss him Sean who's your, who's your 12 to from 12 to 10 12 to 10 right, so number 12 I actually didn't want to include him in this list uh, but I realised that the other person who could be 12 would have meant that there was two Arbroath players in my uh, in my list, uh, but I went for John McGinn. <laughs> <laughs> Bear in mind, I was trying to include players that have had good seasons, right. and I don't think John McGinn's had a particularly good season. But anyway, that's my number twelve, uh, and you both have John McGinn, uh, or at least one of you. Do you, you, you both have John McGinn? Reluctantly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We've uh, got John. We've got. You, you've actually got higher than the list of best midfielders in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was I was tempted to leave him out. Uh, number eleven, I've went for Stephen McGinn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, number 10, it's my first person on this list who isn't a McGinn, 
It's uh, it's Ryan McCord of our bros. So, so talk us through. I'm going to do that, Kenny McIntyre. Talk us through that list. Why have you got John McGinn that deep? Uh, because he's not had a good season. Uh, he's he has, not really. He hasn't been. He hasn't been Hibs' best central midfielder, but he probably has been better than Fivey. And uh, has, has he been better than uh, Bartley, for example? I wouldn't say so. I mean, McGinn has how he gets in the Scotland's team. I've, I've no idea. But has I don't know if he has been far poorer this season because of uh, Neil Lennon or if it's some other reason. But I, he's think, he's, I think he's bored. With he the, hasn't influenced. He certainly hasn't influenced games as much as he did last season. Because when you saw him in the derbies, first game at Tynecastle, he maybe a little bit more quiet, but that was more of a defensive job he had to do. At Easter Road, he, I mean, Cummins ran the show. It was brilliant, the game at Easter Road. So I just think he's bored. Playing against these jobbers every week, he's just sick of it. He wants to be back in the big time. He's in the Scotland squad now, he's a big man. Uh, I, I think if you're struggling to perform against Rafe Rovers and Dumbarton, then I'm not sure you should be getting in top 12 lists. That that was uh, so. That's why he sneaked into mine because okay. I couldn't really think of a decent replacement, and I there's no way Martin Scott was getting into it, even though he had <laughs> nine goals for our growth this season. Imagine Martin Scott had the job again. <laughs> uh, Stephen McGinn, I know, uh, I know. Craig Telfer mentioned him earlier. He has been a great sign. He's only played in twelve games, to be fair. Uh, but if he plays in the remaining six, and he will have played for half a season, and if St. Mons stay up, he'll have contributed more in those eighteen games. Uh, than the rest of those jabberwockies, uh, <laughs> the vast majority of them that's in that Sidman squad. He probably does inspire uh, those around him. Certainly, uh, another player who I've got in the list, Stevie Marlin, has kicked on uh, coinciding with his arrival as well. Uh, so that's why I've got him in the list. And Ryan McCord, Ryan McCord is just far too good for that level of football. I just, I think, I think if you give Ryan McCord a long leash, then he loves his football and he'll perform wonders for you. But if you demand that he gets fit and trains five days a week and sticks to a rigorous diet, then he just doesn't, he's just not interested whatsoever. I mean, he, he never wastes a pass. His dead ball delivery is excellent. He scored, uh, he scored seven goals in midfield this season and he's arguably been uh, Arbro's player this season, probably. And if they win the league, it'll be a lot of it will be to do with him. I was going to say, I wonder what he made of Malcolm McKay and John Rankin's comments, but I'm guessing. Um, he was too busy in Nando's to, to care. No, he was, uh, he was in the, the cinema digesting the Nando's. Eating a hot dog. Full <laughs> on silent. And a litre and a half of Coke. <laughs> Joe, who's your 97? And a trough of popcorn. <laughs> nine is um, aforementioned John McGinn. I've got him at nine as well. We'll just talk about McGinn right now. Yeah. I, I've been swayed because... Majority of times I've seen him, but it's been the bigger games. And he's always good in the bigger games. Yeah, isn't he? he never really has a bad one. Uh, he shot over hearts a couple of times, so yeah, <laughs> that's why I've got him above Jim as well because it was hard to justify putting Jim above McGinn. See, it's every time they go to head to head, McGinn is much better than him. But it was, I was actually going to put him. It was really difficult. Um, McGinn is that. I could have I could have left him off. I could have snuck him in at twelve, or I can put him uh, put him higher. He's, he's a very strange strange player. I think next season, like I was going to leave him off and go, what's uh, what's he done in the, the, the top flight? Even when he was with St Mirren, he would have these fits and bursts where you see him go up against Scott Brown and he'd go toe to toe, and then next next again would be um, Eric Gemma Jembo would be bring him down to his level. Uh, <laughs> just I don't know if, even if they played for each other. Um, <laughs> He was, he was, he was, he was still in the top yeah. flight 
he was, he was that type of player. But then you, you do look at him and see in games where he plays well, and like that is a massive talent, and you can see why people uh, tip him to go to the, the Premiership in England. But I think uh, he needs to get back to the Premiership in Scotland. He shouldn't move down south. Um, this summer because he may be found out and he needs to have a big a big season next season. I think I think he's a very good player, but I just think he's performed fleetingly this season, whereas last season it was pretty much every week. Who's next? June. A number eight. What are you gotta say about him? He has not had a great season. No. Uh when he when he does again he's one of those uh I think <laughs> this just goes for the large team when, when he plays well the, the team plays well the, I've noticed that in terms of the midfielders only one midf- only one central youth class central midfielder has had more made more key, key passes than him in the whole league <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't justify putting him on because I was getting slagged wrong by the people I go to football with it's uh, Donaldo Kiwi has made more, <laughs> more key passes from the centre midfield are we unfairly leaving? Are you unfairly leaving Kerry off this list altogether? He got into my top twenty-five, but he was one of the first names called. He got into my top thirty-one. It was, uh, but it was scored off quite early. <laughs> Why is Kerry so divisive for Hearts fans? I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. There is there's games where he literally does nothing. He'll run about but do nothing else. And there was, uh, and he has moments where he just looks. Are you sure he's a professional footballer? Like that free kick against Kilmarnock last season, where he he put the ball down and he he ran round it, you know, three sixty, and then for good measure he did another one eighty and then passed it straight to a Kilmarnock player. That was that was that was baffling. Then the Aberdeen game, there were uh, some passes where yeah, you're wondering. Who was that too? But then there was another, like a key pass he made right into Juma, I think it was, or Isma that created the Sam Duckerson chance. Yes. I, he is a very decisive player from Kerry, is Kerry and among Hearts fans. But I, I do like him. I think you can see how badly he was missed in that second end of the derby. The, um, he is very good at pressing. But again, it's, uh, it's trying to second guess Hearts fans. Jim, I think, still maybe deserves to be on the list because he's got incredible technique for a midfielder. He could do a, a range of jobs as well. Mm-hmm. He can play the number 10. He can play the kind of deeper player. Maybe not as well, but I, he still does it. I'm not sure anyone you know, knows what his best position is. He plays as a number 8 or a number 6 for Cameroon. Yeah. <clears throat> and then put him out wide or put him as a number 10. Something he just passes him by. I... I'll perhaps have a. I'm probably doing him a. Um, um, I'm doing a service putting him this high because when you think of it, when it comes to big games, he has never stepped up and bossed it the way. Rangers game at home. The four one one. I think so. When he played the number ten. Rangers were as good as Hamilton that day, so it's uh, there's a caveat to that. Oh, was it no? Was he not away at that time? He was away at that time. It was a two 0 game. Where he kind of had a poor start and then just... Yes, he was very good that game, I do remember. Second half especially was fantastic. And that's maybe his best position because that's where he can play his own pace a bit more. It's number 10 and it's very hard to get the ball from. That's something I always Yeah, he protects it very well. He's just, his technique allows him to do that. And he's kind of got long legs as well, so he's able to shield it kind of Goncalves style where he used to shield it. He could do that in the middle of the park. He should score more goals. 
Yeah, he should. Um, he's, he's, sometimes he's, he's shooting, he's, he's technically, he, he kind of just cuts across the ball too much. Who's your number seven? Seven is Ryan Jack. Right? I don't have Jack at all. Do you not? He's not even on my honourable mentions. I just don't Ooh. get it. I think I've said Ooh. this before. I think Jack is quite an overrated player. Ooh. Ooh. I think Aberdeen have actually... <laughs> in, if, if, if Ryan Jack is going at the, at the end of the season and Greg Tansy's coming in, I think Aberdeen have improved their midfield. I mentioned this on, on Twitter and I was uh, jumped upon by uh, a couple of people mentioning that Tansy's not the same player as Jack at all. They're just saying that though because Jack currently plays for their team. Nearly's to, uh, Topoger. All right. Yeah. I'm Craig Anderson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Craig Anderson once said that Ryan Dow was better than Gary McKay's Steven, so I'm the listener that has a thing. <laughs> but I, I understand what they're saying in terms of uh, uh, Tansy and Jack. Tansy is better with uh, Draper beside him. Mm-hmm. And do you I, think he'll struggle at Aberdeen with Shinny beside him? No, I, I mentioned Shinny. I thought Shinny can do that uh, job because I looked, uh, I looked at uh, one of those radar graphs from SPFL Radar and it was comparing McLean, Jack and Shinny. Shinny's stats weren't all that good. Whereas uh, Jack is was um his defensive jokes, uh, I think he he was the best at midfielder um, best midfielder and his passing was very good in terms of keeping passing his passing in uh, the final final third. I think uh this season, especially last few months, the, there's been a lot of talk fairly about uh, Kenny McLean, but I think Jack's been very good. The fact that Aberdeen have so much pressure on on teams and he's just can he can just sit there and recycle it to start to start a game. Uh, I, I I like him. Sometimes there is there is moments where you're thinking Napoli and Roma have a have a word. I but, think he's just he plays too passively for me a lot of the time and he has been good in the last few months but that might also be part of the fact that Aberdeen have been good. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen an Aberdeen game where Aberdeen have been poor as a collective and Ryan Jack's played well. Ever. He's he can maybe lead because he is the captain for some reason. Uh, so maybe he gets the team to to play at a, a higher pace when he's doing that. I think he's been uh, there's been a, an added aggressiveness to his, his game, uh, especially in the last again the last few months with this this long run. The games where he is um, he is really hunted like you, you just kind of expect him to sit and pass, but he's uh, hunted uh, hunted opponents and um, won a lot of won a lot of tackles and interceptions. I think he's a good. I think he has good footballing ability. I'm just not really sure about his overall kind of skill set. He doesn't really score goals. He doesn't. I mean, you say he's passing to the. I'm surprised at that. I wouldn't think he was that great passing to the final third because I never really see him do stuff in it. Uh, so I don't think he's particularly creative, despite what the stats might say. He's not very big, and that's always been a problem that Aberdeen fans have levelled at their own midfield is that they need a bit of strength. And that's to make it clear. That's what I kind of meant with the Tansy thing coming in will improve the midfield. I'm, I know I'm saying on this list that Tansy is a better midfielder overall. I'd happily listen to arguments to the contrary, that Jack is a better midfielder, because I know that, probably technically, and in terms of kind of move and play, he's probably better. But I think Tansy will give him another option. I think Jack is maybe, while he is a different player, him, Shinny and McLean, the fact that there's not really a lot of strength is... McLean can do the ranging balls from deep, but he's better as the number 10. And so I just think he will suit that midfield better, Tansy, as somebody who can sit more, is a bit more physical, which they definitely need. And, you, and when, when opposing teams are a bit stubborn against Aberdeen, somebody who can just ping the ball over the top. Uh, it was, uh, Tansy will suit Hayes and will not begin anymore because he's gone. Rooney's still mm-hmm. got pace about him. Rooney. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm looking forward to the forwards list. <laughs> you don't have Rooney on it. He will be very high. <laughs> okay, I've got McGinn at nine. Uh, we've already touched on him. At number eight, I've got Tony Andrew. <laughs> Didn't even think about him. <laughs> 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 yeah, because of course Tony Andrew's got to be on the list. He's arguably been the best player in the second tier this season. I, I may have him on my list. I mean, he's, the reason he gets above McGinn is for the reason Sean's kind of laid out. McGinn's not had a great season. <clears throat> Andrew's been Dundee United's best player by an absolute mile. Without him, I, God knows where they would be. Yeah, I think the Challenge Cup final showed that. They were pretty poor in the first half. He scored a goal out of nowhere and helped them. was probably their best player. In this, well, Nicholson played well when he came on, but it was one of their best players, certainly, in the second half as they came into the game a lot more. If there's awards for MVP for the lower leagues, or in general, he would probably get it. He's technically a very good player, could score goals, get make stuff happen in the final third, and he's been at the top flight and shown he can do it there as well. So it's not just a kind of... Like John McGinn. John McGinn has been in the top flight, to be fair, but that was a wee bit further back. Andrew's done it a bit more recently. And on... Well, I was going to say Andrew, not that great a team, but I suppose Hamilton, St. Martin, top mm. flight. He's too good for Dundee United. He's too good for that level. And even though his form has probably dipped over the last couple of months, he's still managed to score 20 goals in, I think, 31 games, something like that. Did he score as many as that? Aye. Yep. This was a massive oversight <laughs> on my part. Completely, to be fair, I completely forgot about championship. And, you know. I uh, I have him as number one, I must admit, on my list. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And at number seven, I've got Ryan Christie. No. no Ryan Christie's not made your 12. You think Ryan Jack's a better player than Ryan Christie? Where's Ryan Christie in this Aberdeen team? It's because of Kenny McLean. I've got him behind Kenny McLean. Because Christie can't play further back. If Christie, with his ability level, could play further back, I think he'd be in the team ahead of Ryan Jack. I think Malice could beat your list at a game of, <laughs> a game of football. I really do. Yeah, Christie was... <laughs> Have you got Ryan Stevenson as yours to play in goal? <laughs> I did write down Christie, but again, he's, he's see, I, I think for me again, I'm probably going on the lifetime achievement thing. Remember how good he was at Inverness. I don't think he's gotten worse. I just think the fact that he's finding game time hard to come mm-hmm. back. Aberdeen, it looked like a good situation at start. I'm not sure it has been the best situation for him since he always had competition. He might have been better off going to, I don't know. Um, to Johnson or Hart or somebody who really yeah. needed a player like that I, I agree with that I think if he went to someone other than Aberdeen he would probably be on the list I still think uh, if I was comp- Liam Henderson at this point would be ahead of Christie coming on the list I'm not on the list but he, Liam Henderson would be ahead of Christie I don't have Liam Henderson because I don't have another Celtic player on the list I don't want to say him right now just in case you have although he probably don't you have Callum McGregor David think of him <laughs> I actually wrote down Beaton before Callum McGregor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Beaton didn't even make my top 25. I'm done with Beaton. I don't think he's any good anymore. He's technically a, a, like incredible. I mean, his, his touch is as smooth as anybody's in Scottish football. There's no doubt that he's he's got natural ability that very few players of any in this league can match, but he just plays the game at a pace that's just far too slow. And he really doesn't offer much uh, other than five yard passes I just don't think he's any good anymore he doesn't track runners either he's just 
he's not. I don't understand why Rogers has been playing him as often as he has the last couple of months. Like McGregor compliments Brown so much more, and I think Celtic are a better team with McGregor on the side. Obviously, nowhere near beat on in terms of technical mm. ability, and that's probably the reason why. But no, pish. I I I can see, in terms of McGregor, I can see what um, he adds to Celtic. He um, he provides a provides a job, a function of the team. Um, he's decent legs, but I just think he's back average. I don't think he'll make it at Celtic. Yes, and that's the reason why I have not included Henderson because Henderson can play further back, and he's behind McGregor in the pecking order. Do you think Henderson? I, I think Henderson and McGregor are completely different. I mean, they're different, but they can play the same yeah. centre midfield position. And McGregor's getting a shout over Henderson now, so if I'm not including McGregor, I can't really include Henderson. Even though I really liked him at Hibs last year. But again, Championship, it's hard to tell. It's easier, like, people will say, like, and we do it as well, I mean, we've, we've said it when we begin, but it is easier when you're a Championship player to get your confidence up every week and then to go up a level when you're playing against, who did they play last season? Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers. Well, Rangers were the same league, but you know what I mean. Dundee United, whatever. To then step it up a notch and to make yourself look like you will be playing that level every week against that kind of competition. As we've seen with a lot of the players who starred in Rangers 4-0 thumping of Dundee, doesn't quite work like that when you're up against that level every week. So I maybe scrap John again. <laughs> Although he's played with the Premiership in the past, it's fine. Right, Sean, who's your 97? Uh, number 9 is, uh, is a destroyer of, world, uh, destroyer of worlds, uh, Nathaniel Weatherburn. Uh, number eight, I have uh, Stephen Mallon, and number seven, I've went for Scott Pittman of Livingston. Okay, briefly take us through those three. We've only got five minutes left. Okay, uh, so Nathaniel Weatherburn, uh, as soon as he came back into the Dunfermline team, uh, they started conceding far fewer goals. He protects the defence uh, exceptionally well. I also wanted to include him because he was in that picture with uh, 15 Fife girls on a hen party, and he looked absolutely terrified. No uh, <laughs> wonder you see the woman. <laughs> Uh, we then got Stevie Mallon we, we talked about the fact that Mallon probably had to uh, should probably get out of Dodge when he came to St Man because he's been dragged down uh, he's kicked on uh, he's now got seven goals in the midfield and looks far more the player that we were used to seeing uh, for the last couple of seasons and Scott Pittman is a player I would like to see playing for a good team at championship level because I, I thought he should have, I thought he could have played for a team that was pushing for promotion out of the championship instead he ended up at a, a fairly muck Livingston side uh, he's picked on again uh, kicked on again in League 1 he's skillful uh, he wins the ball very well he scores goals he's got 7 goals in midfield this season uh, he's got a ridiculous amount of assists and I'm quite looking forward to seeing him back in the championship again I'm fairly certain Livingston tied him down to a, a reasonably long term deal possibly 2 seasons uh, and very much a match winner so he deserves to be in it ok we'll fire through these 6 to go in about 6 minutes 6 to 4 who you got Hyde minute six. I've got him at five. Shinny at five. I've got him at four. Rogic at four. What? I've got him at much higher. Go through them. Hyman, uh, he's... It's not a big sample size, we should say. No, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but... Um, he's been pretty much excellent. He has been excellent. Uh, again, I looked at um, I looked on Twitter, he's kind of stats... All these passing stats are fantastic. Very rarely uses the ball. He passes forward a lot, and a lot of his passes leads to shots. Yeah, and he's a very dynamic player as well. He's kind of Jason Holt, but better. Yeah, he's intelligent. You know, uh, he can. You know that he knows how to play football. Yeah, and he's a goal threat as well, yeah. as he's proved already. 
which again, a bit better than Jason Hall. <laughs> Remember Jason Hall used to be a number 10 had high hopes for the future? I had him as number 12 here. Who you I did. And then he got bumped off. He got bumped off, yeah. Again. Yeah, but then Andrew would have bumped him off if I could actually remember <laughs> football players. <laughs> okay, Shinny. We've both got Shinny. I've gone with four. I think he is... So you must have Kenny McLean higher. Kenny McLean, for me, excellent in the last few months. Johnny Hayes says he was the best player in Scottish football since the turn of the year. I think he's second best behind a certain someone I'm sure we'll get to. But... Over the kind of course of his Aberdeen career, he's been very hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And this is his probably his most sustained period, so I'd hope he'd keep this up. And McGuinness, McGuinness talked about we've talked about this on the show. He found an extra gear from somewhere that has enabled him to be a better player. Because that's a problem with McLean, McLean similar problem with Jack, and kind of problem with Aberdeen in general, is that when they're poor, there is the fact that they're just a bit too passive, they lack a bit of urgency, and that's maybe McLean's problem. Because he has great passing ability, he can make things happen when he when he plays with a bit more urgency and energy with a bit more aggression he's good at doing the defensive duties as well he is not a goal scorer that is just a myth that people continue to peddle he scored only four times this season and one of those was a penalty and he's played like what, 30 odd games so it's always been that case because he always used to get like seven goals but like four of them were from the spot and he's also pretty good at free kicks as well so he's that's maybe something he can improve on and why he's maybe a little bit lower down on my list and why he's behind Shinny, who just, in terms of just someone to, it's maybe, it's maybe, like you said, maybe someone that starts to reflect very well, but in terms of the eye test, yeah, just, just everywhere in the midfield. He's, Aberdeen fans, I think, still prefer him on the left because he is a good crosser, and that's something he can't really use in the centre. But his energy, I think, just brings so much to the, to the middle of the park. He just gets in opponents' faces constantly. He, like, cliche of covering every the, blade of grass. Biggest, kind of what he does. The biggest um, compliment I can pay, pay him is he, um, Aberdeen, or if, if he was with any team, you'd want three or four of them. Yeah, pretty much. We all dream of a team of Graham Shanks. Yeah. They would lose many balls in the air. <laughs> okay. And that would be a, a team with a, a big nose. <laughs> I've also so I've got McLean 6 Hyman 5 Shirley 4 but we'll just fire through to the top yeah. 1 and then we can go to Sean's top mm-hmm. 6 yeah good um, so number 3 McLean I've got Scott Brown so you've, you, tell me you've got Brown I've got Brown <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's number 2 so why if we use McLean higher than Rogic for example he's a steamer right? what, is, what is life no, I don't understand. Uh, Rogic is... I was never overly impressed with him until this season. There was... There was still... I was one of those people... What was last season? It was alright. <laughs> it was better than alright. I think we had them in like a top three last season. I think we had them number two. Last season was when he first started playing. Was that's, that's fine. So he's, he's, he's dropped two places because he's been injured for... Uh, he's, he's missed parsing. He's not the most reliable in terms of keeping healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take take him off. After, take him off after an hour. He, yeah, he uh, doesn't have any stamina. That yeah. is true. I, I, as as a number ten, he, he is he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's better than McLean in terms of creativity, in terms of goals, in terms of feet. He's devastating when he's when he's at his best. Uh, but again, he's, it's the uh, untrustworthiness of it, uh, of his gangly frame. <laughs> 
McLean, uh, I've, I've been really impressed with him. I think he's been a big, uh, big reason for Aberdeen's upturn in form. The fact he's been given that uh, number ten role in the centre. Aberdeen are more dangerous through the centre. It used to just be the wides, uh, the, uh, the wings. They're more uh, dangerous through the centre. A lot of that comes from uh, McLean. His through ball stats are very, very good. Uh, although I still think he should be doing more in terms of uh, producing numbers, in terms of passes, key passes, assists, goals. Especially he strikes the ball quite well. It should be that. He yeah. certainly should be scoring more goals. Uh, again, this this a lot of this is um, what's what's the term recency, recency bias, or whatever it's called. So obviously, you've Rogic has been missing for the last few months. Um, and you do kind of remember him getting subbed all the time. McLean has been fantastic and pushing for. Uh, he was unlucky not to be in the Scotland squad. So who is your number? Well, you've got Brown and one other player left. Who's your number one? Just go for your number one. Sure, Armstrong. Sure, Armstrong. I've got him as well. So let's talk about Brown first. Comeback season. If we had a comeback player of the year, I'm sure he'd win it. Yeah, this might be something to add for the awards at the end of the campaign. It's bearing in mind how bad he was last season. It's remarkable how brilliant he's been this season. Yeah, and he's actually continued to be brilliant. The story's kind of completely disappeared, but he's still continued to be one of Celtic's best players throughout just about every single match. And it's maybe the story's maybe gone away as well because he's played for Scotland and been pissed when he's done so. But while at Celtic, he's he still dominates the midfield and it. I mean, he must have been carrying an injury last year, or did he just hate Ronnie Dyla that much that he's like? Uh, he, he was pretty much play, played through an injury. Like, why? He's, he was so bad. Yeah, he's, he's not that good. He's, of, right, he's not that good, or he's not that good or influential a player. You think, oh, you you you'd play him sixty percent fit. He needs to be. He needs to be not hundred percent fit, but he needs to be uh, of a very very good fitness so he can actually carry out his his game. Where he's most effective. The only game he struggled was against Lincoln Redims. Yeah. I thought I said, you are done. <laughs> and then I was like, literally about four days later, he was good again. And Stuart Armstrong. There is no words left to say. <laughs> okay, I think we should say some words. For me, he's number one, even though I've kind of gone against what I said at the top of the, the segment, that players kind of have to show over a period of time and Armstrong... Obviously, in his time at Celtic, it didn't look particularly great from when he joined until November. However, since then, since November onwards, maybe the best player in Scotland? There's no maybe about it. No maybe about no. it. So, best player in Scotland since that time. Somebody who could pretty much, as a midfielder, do absolutely everything. Mm. Especially when he's a bit deep. I still think he's an out-and-out number 10. Maybe lacks just that little bit of guile. He's that, not number 10, he's number 8. Yeah, just that little bit of kind of... Roger, just he doesn't quite have the technique of Roger. His goal scored record is pretty good, to be fair. So I can't really. He's got that Spanish that. word uh, used to describe a rival. What's that? Can you not remember me telling you Duncan to call school? No. He's got you gather. Yeah, all right, you gather. Yeah, but yeah, I um, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my he's one of my favourite uh, players to watch. Oh yeah, in, in Scotland easily. Uh, he'd certainly in the top three. Him, Stephen McLean, and someone else. I think Ryan McCord has Ugada. <laughs> so yeah, just incredible player. So we've got him. Tell no, him that. We've got him number one. So your number two was Brown, number three was McLean. My top three was my top three is all Celtic: Brown, Rogic, and Armstrong. Joe, you have to run. Or yeah, please. <laughs> so we're completing the show one man down. What's um, what's Textra? You're not here. But I would like to know just to see how badly I'm going to miss it. 
we're going to do Room 101 style complaints. That sounds like something I would quite like. I know. Just care you're not here. Complain him. Come on with the rest of your, uh, rest of your list. We're saying, we're saying goodbye to Joe because we're absolutely horrendous at timekeeping. This is uh, very professional of us. We're also five minutes over. But would you care? This is free show. Well, I do the. Well, I do my top six. Yes. Okay. Uh, number six. I've got Joe Thompson uh, on loan from Celtic. Excellent at the Barton this season. They were gutted to see him go. He then went to Queen of South. Uh, they were even more gutted because they heard he was coming back out on loan again and he may be going to Dumbarton instead of went to Queen of South. It probably hasn't, uh, hasn't been quite as exceptional for them. He was well, very exceptional his first month, they raved about him. Absolutely, no, he's been very good. Uh, probably fell off a bit, as has as have Queen of South in general, to be fair, but he probably deserves to be in it, or does deserve to be in it. They're yeah. kind of falling into the relegation battle now as well, when it looked like, prior to last weekend, they were like the only team... That, that looked like they had pretty much nothing to play for they were just kind of safe in that number 5 spot they were too far away from Morton or no sorry Dundee United and they were too far ahead of Simmons and even if Simmons came back to points it was like Ayer weren't picking up anything but then Ayer all of a sudden won and you're still expecting Simmons to pick up some points so now Queen of the South I think if, what are they four? Well, if they, from Ayer if they hadn't been awarded a goal uh, for striking the post against Wraith Rovers on <laughs> Saturday, then they would have been level with Wraith Rovers. That's not very good. They've probably, they've probably just got enough to survive, but they, I think they've won about six games without a win now. To be fair, that goal... Yes? I think it could have crossed the line. Uh, I, I suppose it's an irrelevance because the referee awarded it, but... I, Looking at the replay, it does... Because it bounces out. It, so you kind of watch it real time, you think the ball's hit the post, and then it's just come... Straight out like an arrow, because you see when it goes past the other post. The only way it could have went in is if it went if it went backwards when it struck the inside of the post and then curved out because when it bounces on the line. That's what I think it yeah. did. Yeah, possibly. So I think they've definitely done that anyway because when it comes back off the post, it goes on the line. But when it crosses the other post, it's about a yard or maybe even two yards away from it. So it's definitely had some sort of spin. So maybe that spin took it. Over the line at some point, if it, if it, and if then it did, bounced in the line, and then went. Oh. If it did, then it was an excellent guess. Because uh, <laughs> it didn't look like it to me. But anyway, I'm maybe biased. Uh, number five, Jamie Lindsay, uh, exceptional at Morton. I know uh, Ross Forbes gets all the plaudits at Morton, or the majority of the plaudits. But it's guys like Jamie Lindsay that allows Ross Forbes to do what he does. I wanted to include him in my top twelve just to look like I knew stuff. Oh, he's been exceptional. Uh, again, also uh, on loan for Celtic. Uh, I don't think he'll be good enough to, to make it at Celtic, to be fair, but I would imagine that he's probably got a decent career ahead of him. Uh, and number four, uh, and it's occurred to me that I don't think I mentioned Elgin enough in the League 2 roundup, so I'm glad that I have uh, at number four Brian Cameron, uh, a guy who I suppose Elgin are quite fortunate to have. If he didn't stay in that area, I don't think he would be playing League 2 football with Elgin, but I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. Uh, I think he I don't know what he does I suppose Duncan would know in terms of what he does away from football but he's just an exceptional midfielder that uh, makes Elgin tick 14 goals in midfield this season he's having another exceptional season and it's just a pity that they are starting to fall away because I would like to see him playing at a higher level that is like a benefit to a lot of players in that that's why a lot of clubs in that area is that you get players who are probably too good for you but they don't really want to move because it's not really worth it, especially if you're part-time. It's not really worth it to completely uproot your family and play in the central belt. And it's definitely not worth it to make a what, seven, eight-hour round trip 
to like play an end for or whatever. <laughs> and even it happens with like Ross County and Inverness. They seem to keep the players for a bit longer because it's other clubs might come in with offers or like signed out to agents who would collect sign him. Inverness especially, like they've looks like they're going to lose a lot of their good players now but for like recent seasons have been surprisingly good at keeping a lot of them and getting them on new deals like guys like Warren and Meekins when Inverness were at their kind of peak and in the top six and they still now get these guys to new contracts and you're kind of looking at it and saying like I'm surprised that nobody else went in for them maybe they did but they were just only willing to offer similar wages it's like well I'm not <laughs> I suppose uh, for that. I suppose for a team like Elgin though it's very much a two way street so I can't imagine they're Pain. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. So they will <laughs> struggle to get anybody for the central belt, whereas teams like Peterhead, who, as far as I'm aware, pay decent wages for that level, they can attract guys up there. So I suppose it's a two-way street for Elgin. Uh, who else do I have here? Uh, number three, I went for Marvin Bartley. I the think, I think he's been uh, Hab's uh, most impressive midfielder, far, far and away ahead of McGinn, and he. Uh, you talked about the fact that McGinn has kind of shone in, in big games I think Bartley has done the same as well but I also think he uh, has shown more in the uh, kind of lesser games I suppose he's very good to get sent off when he doesn't deserve to when be. he doesn't deserve I think twice he's had red cards rescinded this season so another reason if we should probably be on the list uh, who had to have number two uh, Craig Sibbald a guy who won't be at Falkirk I, I know I think, I think even Falkirk have come to terms with the fact he won't be there next season Falkirk's best player uh, they said that they're going to I think they, they're they wanting to sell them though and they want to sell them for big money because Houston was out the day saying that only the old firm could afford them see I thought that I read that they had to offer them a deal but it was to do away because so they'll, they'll get the development fee I thought his deal was up right. at the end of the season you might be right but I, I just saw the headline uh, so yeah, he'll be so off. Maybe he's saying that only Rangers that can afford the development fee. <laughs> <laughs> maybe must have a very big development fee. About <laughs> two or three hundred thousand. I, mean, I don't know if Hearts and Aberdeen would sign it, but I think they can afford it if they really want to. Let's face it, he's going to go to Swansea. Yeah. Just, just like every other young player for Falkirk. Uh, and at number one, uh, we've already discussed him, uh, Tony Andrew. Yes. Very good. Exceptional. Do you know what's weird? No. That him and Cammy Bell look really similar. Cammy Bell's hair is more permed. They've both got that wee permed hair bit going on. They've both got the kind of like dark stubble. They've both got similar faces, like even the shape and stuff. I bet Tony Andrew when they're letting that goal at Fur Park. I guess. No, he would have caught it. That's <laughs> <laughs> everybody else. Would. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't. He did not say this. I read the copy. Like the headline said, Cabby Bell, like my winning the Challenge Cup, makes up for the Howler in the playoff game. And you read the quotes, and it doesn't say that at all. Of course, who would say that? Oh no, this overshadows it. I won't be remembered for winning the Challenge Cup, the Iron Brew Cup, with my teammate there, Tony Andrew, please. Man of the Match Award, a glass bottle of Iron Brew. I, I will never knock the Challenge Cup as it gave me one of my best days. Yes, you recently, I think it was, was it today or yesterday, changed your profile picture on I did, Facebook, I did, back I did. to you, the picture of you. Goading Rangers fans. I'm not somebody who's that keen on pictures of myself, but I am keen on that one. It's my favourite picture of me. Arms <laughs> <laughs> outstretched. Pointing towards the Rangers fans. We're, and we and if you count them, there is ten Rangers players in the distance behind me, uh, head bowed or lying on the turf. It's, what a picture that is! <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the fact we've ran on for a ridiculous length of time. Uh, you, you can even get to hear more of us if you listen to the Terrace Extra. That is available via Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, you can give us only $2 a month plus VAT and you can listen to all this extra content. A bargain. It is a bargain, especially since I think I'll have to discuss this with the lads first. But over the summer, if people are going to continue to give us money, we're probably going to have to do some shows for that. So we'll probably do some full-length shows over the summer. So you may as well get on in it now. So you can listen to our back catalogue, get that done, and then by the time the summer comes around, you'll be ready to listen to these full-length shows that are exclusive. What on earth are going to talk about? Fuck knows. (laughs) But I'm sure we'll think of something. (laughs) And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Terrace Podcast for both. And I think that's pretty much it. We said the email earlier on. Thanks for listening. Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joel, uh, the other way. And I'm Craig Fowler saying I hope you enjoy your football. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.